live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do on a Tuesday. Real America's Voice, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Lots to get into. Paul Nolan's right there. He's going to do some news. Mr. Nolan, how are you? I'm excellent, my friend. How are you guys doing? Very, very good. Good to see you tonight. What's coming up? Anything that's really jumped off the page of you in news yeah, today? Nothing not big. COVID, you know, COVID's made uh, fives like $100 billion, and uh, we're on the brink of World War III with nothing else. <laughs> okay, very good. We'll get to some news. Look, Rick's sitting right there. He's going to do sports. Look, Rick, how are you? All right, Big D. Well, that's, that's kind of short. I guess it's fine. You're supposed to set me up. You're the, you're the host here. Come I on. mean, I guess that's, Come that's, on. that's enough. What's coming up in sports tonight? What's got your gander there? Well, of course, we got plenty of Super Bowl uh, under, underground stories. Um, underground uh, stories? Yeah, oh, yeah. Ooh, Good stuff. Wow, underground stories. I got a bit of a sad update on the Hulk. The Hulk is not doing well, Hulk Hogan. And what? Ver- yeah, not doing well. Big D, got to talk about that. And also, we got a sad story about a young man uh, rodeo doing some rodeo down in North Carolina, unfortunately, passed the way and uh, oh, got a story geez. about that as well. Yeah. Okay, cue not to remember to ask about sports anymore when we open mm. the show. We'll yeah. talk about <laughs> bad things. All right, no, it's fine. Um, Mr. Delgado sitting next to me. How are you? I'm a little gassy, but other than that, I'm good. Oh, what? wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for telling me, number one, and thanks for sitting next to me, number two. What's on your shirt, by the outhouse. way? Excuse me? What's on your shirt? Uh, oh, you mean the... Uh... The logo? It's not as good as what's on my no, shirt. No, it's not, not as cool as yours. Nolan Delgado, Year of the Rabbit Hole, 2023. <laughs> this, is, this is your guy's campaign shirt. You know that, right? This is your campaign shirt, Paul? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I, yeah, Running for office? I can't be trusted, but I can tell you what. The entire audience will get rich with me. I'll just have Nancy Pelosi <laughs> on my staff, my husband. We'll just will beat the oh, system, man. and uh, we'll all buy an island together, and we'll barbecue every day. Hey, speaking of the audience, I want to thank <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank everybody who joined me last night. I did a little post-show uh, AMA, which hopefully you guys can, one of these nights, can join me. I got a lot of requests for uh, for the rest of the boys to join in such an informal setting as I am on the post-show AMAs. You gotta give us a heads up so we know. We leave here and we don't know. Yeah, we don't know you're sitting on your toilet. Yeah. Uh, what do we look online? like? You think I'm attached to my getter? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean I'll the YouTube. Take- I'll take the incoming here from everybody. I was just trying to be nice and say I just had a great time with the audience last night on the post-show AMA. And at some point they said, hey, maybe the guys can join you one night. And I said, well, maybe they're all probably sleeping right now at 1 o'clock in the morning. I don't think so. No? Okay. I'm having dinner at that point. Okay. What's AMA? What does that mean? Ask me anything. Oh. Oh. (laughs) And they do. They ask me all kinds of great stuff. Boy, Slick Rick's got the life. That's why he's so pretty. He sleeps till like 11 and he uh, goes to a matinee (laughs) and comes home from great takes a nap. That's right. Has a salad. That's why he looks so good. Breakfast doesn't even exist in my vocabulary. (laughs) One of the questions, Slick Rick, if I remember correctly, was ask Slick Rick if his face... Uh, facial cream <laughs> for $400. Is that an ounce or is that a five-gallon bucket? No, it's a four-ounce jar. Four-ounce jar. Okay. Wait a second. Are you serious? Wait, hold on. Back up. I got to start using a moisturizer. I've been using Crisco oil. I don't think it works so good. <laughs> but uh, I'm starting to feel dry. So what's, what's the name of this product? Switch, switch to the canola oil. No. Um... <laughs> so it's $100 an ounce. Yeah. Good no, stuff. come on. You're playing with me. No, I kid you not. Future Solution by Shiseido. Look it up. Usually they arrest you it's for stuff that solution? Future, Future Sol- Solution. Future Solution. Yep. Oh, not Dissolution. I thought it was by Bernie Madoff. <laughs> no. No, no, no. No, not Dissolution of your assets. No, that's not, that's no. not, that's not the Ponzi cream. No. <laughs> oh, man. Ponzi cream. Do you hear him? He failed it again. 
All right, well, so <laughs> so there you go. That's the answer to whoever it was in the chat last night. Hey, I gave away Dude. some T-shirts last night, too, which was fun. So that Dude, was cool. I can't really did you say text that to me. Did, did you say Future Solutions? Future Solution. Oh. Solution. Okay. No, it's not a fencing company. <laughs> that's that's right. like, <laughs> fencing I pulled it up. I got residential and commercial fences. <laughs> okay. Well, so whoever... You can sell those t-shirts over there. The whoever asked that company. last night, there's your answer. $100 an ounce. So for a four-ounce... I have people ask me all the time. He's going to start rubbing caviar on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's working, Slick Rick, because you, no, so. yeah. you look good. Yeah. You look good. So, All right, so there's lots to get into. We'll get into sports. We'll get into news. We'll get into whatever else these guys want to talk about. Um, and if you need a fence, go to Future And Solutions. if you need a fence, go to maybe they want to sponsor the show, Future Solution, a <laughs> yeah. uh, fence company out of who knows where. Um, well, we got it. So, you know, here we are again. And uh, as I've told you all along, it's probably not the end of the number of documents. It's probably not the end of the number of, of places that we're going to find documents. But who knew that the one thing we wouldn't know is all the transparency from the White House is, well, not maybe as transparent as we all quite thought. No. And who also would have had on their bingo card that the White House and the Department of Justice would have been working hand in hand to try to keep this all secret? Oh, yeah, that'd be about everybody. And again, today we find out that that's exactly the deal. Cut 7G, roll it. Let me ask you about some uh, new reporting here. Uh, according to a Justice Department official and another sub uh, source familiar with the matter, the FBI searched President Biden's former think tank office in Washington in November after oh. the discovery, just before the midterm elections, oh. of the uh, Now stop it for a second. One of the things we have said all along is what? Where is the FBI? Where is the FBI search? Why are his attorneys doing this at the Biden think tank? How are they keep saying, you guys go ahead and just let us know what you find? How many times have we said that? Well, now we know. The FBI was there before anybody knew. And it was before the midterm elections. And the White House signed off on it. And none of us knew about it. And remember, about a week or so ago, it came out that, uh, you know, they were actually working hand in hand to try and keep this quiet. Yes, yes, but we thought that was after the discovery of them. Now we know that the FBI was in there first. So now we have lots of questions about what spawned that. What spawned this initial guys. now search? Let's continue with this clip. G, roll it. Guys, Classified I'm, I'm markings. Go ahead, Paul. Any I'm just starting to lose confidence in the FBI. I'm, I don't know. I just don't feel the way I used to about them. This is uh, this is unbelievable. This this should all be frontline news every single day. Start with the Pfizer. They, there's so much like mainstream media news, and they just gloss over it. This should be on every channel and every local network, everywhere, always. How is this not bigger news? It's that's all you need to know about how completely corrupt it all is. Well, it was big news today. I mean, this is this is CNN we're playing, so it, it was big news today. Everybody everybody had it. Go ahead, G. Additional classified documents found as part of that search. That's not something I can comment on from here. That's something you'll need to ask the Justice Department. What I can say is that we have been cooperative and uh, transparent from the outset. We've put out multiple statements from the president's personal attorney describing the process and being clear that the president takes this seriously. Okay, you're claiming oh, yeah. transparency, but I'm bringing <laughs> this to you. You aren't bringing it to me. Oh, this happened ooh. in mid-November. Oh. If you are indeed being transparent, 
Why the continued trickle of disclosure around these classified documents? We have released multiple statements from the White House and President Biden's personal attorney has released multiple statements over the last month uh, walking through the process and agreeing to be fully, fully cooperative with the Justice Department. This is a, uh, a process that plays out. We are responsive to the Justice Department's requests. We have been clear from the outset that the president will cooperate with every request the Justice Department has. And we put out multiple statements. Liars. All of them liars. Liars, liars, liars. Terrible at what they do. Terrible at their job. All of them. They have nothing to say in front of the cameras. And we know what the deal is. They've been the least transparent about this that you could possibly be. Because they don't know what to say about it. And they, themselves, the spokespeople, probably don't even know how many documents, how many locations, what we're actually even talking about. She, Bedingfield, and Jean-Pierre, of course, are the, are the two worst. I don't know. I think Pierre is way worse than her. So they haven't been transparent about anything. And since she doesn't want to make any statements, I'll just tell you what the Wall Street Journal and every other publication basically said today. And that is that the FBI searched President Biden's former office at his think tank for classified documents in November. Shortly after his aides earlier that month found such material and surrendered it to the National Archives. And I keep saying this and I'll keep saying it. The National Archives behavior here, I don't know if that oversight falls to Congress as well. I would assume it does. But they have got to find out why the two-tiered system with them as well. Not only in the Justice Department is it two-tiered, obviously, but it is clearly two-tiered when it comes to how they've treated both of these situations with the Trump documents and the Biden documents. And I said this from the start. They had this laser focus with Trump and with Biden seemingly have not cared because he's had these documents 14 years. We haven't heard anything from them on this. They clearly didn't track these down, run these down, uh, didn't ask Biden for them all these years. And just waited, oh, guess what we found? Let's call the National Archives. Oh, you found? Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, thanks for telling us. Trump, it was like they went to the, hey, we know what he's got. We've been asking him. We want this, and we know. Quite quite different. Quite different treatment between the two. The search came after Mr. Biden's lawyers agreed to let agents search his former office at the Penn Biden Center, where aides on November 2nd discovered roughly a dozen documents marked classified. So all the time that we've been asking, where's the FBI? This doesn't make any sense. Where's the FBI? Well, the FBI was there. They just didn't want to tell you. They just didn't want to tell you. And the White House didn't want to tell you. It could be determined whether investigators found it couldn't be determined whether investigators found any additional items in the search, which was reported earlier by CBS News. Revelations that classified material was found in the office as well as his home in Wilmington, Delaware, have raised concerns about Mr. Biden's handling of the nation's secrets. And as I've asked this question before, it should also raise questions about right now him handling the nation's secrets. Right now. How do we know he's handling it properly now? He goes off on these tangents every time he's in front of a microphone. How do we know he's not doing that in private with these, uh, with who knows, on phone calls or who knows? How do we know he's treating classified information correctly now? Now, we he's the president, he's so we know it's, a little, it's a little different standard now because if he says something, technically it's declassified as he says it, even if it's classified at the moment he says it. 
because the president has plenary power to declassify. So it is a little bit of a different situation where technically, I guess he couldn't really talk himself into trouble, but I guess it would depend on what it is. But as far as actual documents, he certainly could. Not what comes out of his stupid mouth, probably not, but certainly documents. So it just, again, it's just another brick here on this whole, on this whole thing. So what did you guys think when you saw this today, Delgado? I'll start with you. Uh, well, uh, let's see. Hmm. Now, now I guess it makes a lot of sense, you know, when you're talking about these classified documents, why they don't want to talk about them. Because Hunter Biden was trafficking that information to other countries for money. We saw, we, we're starting to see it in the emails. I think another email was just revealed showing he, he had access. And we talked about this last summer as well. The, uh, uh, one of those questions were, how come Hunter Biden had access to classified information? Nobody could answer that question. And now we're starting to see, here's how he had access from Pop when he was a VP and a senator. Not from when he was president. We don't know about that yet. But we do know from these documents that they're finding and the emails on his laptop, uh, things are starting to link up. All right, more about this when we get back. We'll do sports. We'll do news. We'll continue on this uh, Wall Street Journal article about this FBI search that we're just finding out about. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. Glad you're in. Seventeen past the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Lots to get to. We'll continue on in this Biden uh, revelation that the FBI had searched the Penn Biden Center, and of course told told nobody, and neither did the White House. Um, neither the White House nor the Justice Department mentioned the November office search, even as officials offered timelines of the discoveries. And Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel. So it just, just shows you how really transparent they want to be, which is not at all. Because we've gone through all of what we've been through with this so far. And to find out something like this now in January, almost February 1st, the last day of the month, three months removed from when it happened. But don't worry, Damon, they're being transparent. And you think about how they went into Mar-a-Lago. They're being transparent. Absolutely just... This this Department of Justice, I'll tell you, I don't know what we need to do to get these things back. The, the, the Republicans better come up with some legislation or something. No, I think you just need a, uh, a president to go in there and fire everybody. Take it down to the studs, so to speak. And, uh, you know, rebuild it with actual law enforcement people instead of, instead of appointed bureaucrats who have law degrees. But it really doesn't matter because all they're doing there is to push an agenda. And this doesn't even get to the University of Delaware, which I believe the number is floating around <laughs> something around 1,800 boxes worth yeah. of stuff yep. that they will not release. Uh, I'm sure those boxes will, will miraculously, like an eggplant, uh, an egg factory, will catch fire, and then all of a sudden they'll just disappear. Yeah, well, that's a good point, too. We'll see. All right, let's do some sports here, and then we'll do some news. And here with sports, brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow. MyPillow 2.0, 
out yesterday. A lot of you told me you're going to check it out, and I appreciate that. Use our code LFSXP at checkout. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, let's get to some scores. Big D, NCAA Men's Basketball Division One update here. Mississippi State over South Carolina, 64-46. Uh, uh, right now, Duke leads Wake Forest, 43-34. These were all in the second half. Uh, Miami over Virginia Tech, 51-59, excuse me. Um, Arkansas leads Texas A&M, 46-39. And uh, in the first, just under way Kansas and Kansas State. Kansas up by four. And last but not least, UConn over DePaul, 17-16. Also just underway. We'll track these games. Uh, let's see what else we have going on. NHL, a couple of games in action before the uh, the break for the All-Star game, which will be on Saturday. Uh, the Kings and Hurricanes tied at one in the second, and the Capitals lead the Blue Jackets 2-1, to one, as well as the Senators leading the Canadians 2-1. to one. All these games are in the second period. NBA action, just a few games going on. Heat lead the Cavs, 55-52 out in Cleveland. Uh, Lakers over over the Knicks in the Garden, 38-36, five to go in the second. Bulls over the Clippers, 16-5 in the first. Hornets, Bucks also 16-15 just underway with the Hornets leading that one. Let's get over to the rodeo, Big D. We're going to continue to track the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. Fort Worth, Texas, Dickies Arena. We're in the seventh bracket. Bareback riding, bracket number seven. We have Clayton Bigelow, 90 points on Sankey Pro Rodeo and Phenom Genetics Bronc Riding Nation, that's a mouthful, $1,760. Steer Wrestling, Will Loomis, 4.1 seconds. Team Roping, we have uh, Coy Rallman and Jonathan Torres, 5.3 seconds. Saddle Bronc, seventh round. Stetson Wright, the great Stetson Wright, Big D, 87 half points on Sankey Pro Rodeo and Phenom Genetics. Overserved. <laughs> Tie down roping. Bracket seven. Riley Webb, 8.3 seconds. You know I love the barrel racing. Jackie Ganther, 16.54. They're all coming around mid 16s. Very good scores. Great riders. And last but not least, bull riding. Kai Hamilton, 89.5 points on Cowtown Rodeos. Modified you. $1,907 on the payout, $959,000 in the total payout. That will run through the, uh, well, it's going to run, that road is running through the, I think the 20, let's say, oh, the 4th. So wraps up this weekend on Saturday. So we'll have that right through the weekend here with uh, Studio 6B. And they love our rodeo. And a couple of, we're going to get, you know, it's obviously not quite Super Bowl week yet, but everybody's getting ready for the big game. That'll be on, uh, that'll be Sunday the 12th. We're looking forward to that. But we have ominous Super Bowl stat could give Eagles an edge over Patrick. Patrick Mahomes, Victor Barbosa of Yardbarker. Kansas City Chief quarterback Patrick Mahomes will look to put an end to an ominous Super Bowl streak when he takes the field on February 12th against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Super Bowl will be the seventh to feature a starting quarterback that led the regular season in passing yards. Each of the previous six lost. Tom Brady in 2017, Peyton Manning in 13, Brady in 7, Rich Gannon in 2002, Kurt Warner in 2001, and the great Dan Marino way back in 84. He lost to the Niners. Mahomes' attempt to put an end to this stunning streak of bad luck for top passes is now with another subplot. Those underground subplots, Big D, to look out for. The five-time Pro Bowler not only led the NFL in passing yards, 5,250 but placed the league in passing touchdowns, uh, a, among other categories as well. Not only have NFL passing leaders fared poorly in Super Bowls, but all with the accession of Brady's two losses have been on the wrong side of blowouts. Mahomes and the Chiefs look to change that this season. And I'll have a couple other stories coming up on the Super Bowl, Big D, as well as I'll get to the story about that young man uh, who passed away uh, in the rodeo uh, over the weekend. That's a wrap in sports. All right, Slick Rick, very good. Do we know what Purdy's going to do? Is he going to go for the surgery and miss six, seven months? Do we know? That's still in the plenty of, yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I haven't. Paul, have you heard anything today? 
Well, I thought, well, when it first came out, I thought he had to get the surgery. Otherwise, yeah. he would never be the same. Am I, what, am I missing something? Oh, I, I heard Slick Rick say he's going to he, get a second opinion. I heard, either, I heard either or. That's what I heard. I heard either or. So I, I would, I don't know. I, I, that's up in the air with Purdy. What is you, can rehab, you can rehab Tommy John, essentially, without... I have no idea. Any I, I, not it, not from what I understand. Different for I a don't pitcher think so either. A, I think it's a little different for a pitcher than a football player. That, that's what I heard. I don't I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. So. Well, right. that Tommy John, though, does make your arm stronger. In fact, crazy parents in the uh, when their kids are 14, 15, almost throw their kids' arms out. So they get the Tommy John and they oh. get... And then they get the surgery, and it makes them stronger going into their teen, late teens. Wow. Really crazy. It's a whole big story on that, on, you know, documentaries on that stuff. It's just parents are sick. They are. Mm. All right, very good. Uh, we'll do some more sports with Slick Rick. Again, brought to you by MyPillow, mypillow.com slash LFS6B. Let's do a little news. Paul Nolan, what's going on? Well, man, by, by the way, Papa Nolan on Get It, close to 10K, Big D. I decided not only am I going to get a Tesla, 10,000 follower, I'm going to take him on a balloon ride over the uh, the Himalayan mountains. Wow. Nice. Maybe nice. Joe Biden yeah. will be there with uh, President Xi at the foothills of the Himalayas when yeah. you're there. He most likely will be because he's everywhere. He does everything. He's, <laughs> He'll be driving he's a real the train. renaissance man. <laughs> yeah, yes. You know what I'm saying. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't, Joe. <laughs> yes. We've been trying to figure it out, Joe, for about 50 years. Uh, what's going on in the news, Paul? Well, good news. Um, oh, here we COVID, go. <laughs> the COVID pandemic drives Pfizer's 2022 revenue to a record 100 billion. So good on them. Good on them. Uh, Pfizer sold 38 billion of its COVID vaccine last year, a small increase, 3% compared to 21, as the de demand for the shots had slowed, but they still made a little extra profit there. And the sales of uh, Paxlovid, uh, however, surged to almost 19 billion in 22, which was the first full year the antiviral pill was available, which essentially is. Um, while you're doing this, new, right? Paul, while you're doing this story, I think it's only appropriate to roll as B-roll as you're doing the Pfizer Moderna story here. What Project Veritas decided to do in New York City today? So, gee, just roll, roll that. Oh, I love it. Roll that right so outside Pfizer, of Pfizer World Headquarters. There, as Paul's doing the news. This is beautiful. Pfizer expects revenue to decline in 2023 by as much as 33 percent to a range of 67 to 71 billion as the world emerges from the pandemic, and demand for the blockbuster COVID drug slows. But in, according to the Daily Mail and the public uh, press release they released Friday night. Pfizer admits engineering COVID mutants in labs, studies to ensure its antiviral drug works on new variants, but the pharma giant insists tests would not gain a function and did not pose a risk to the public. Um, the giant, uh, the pharma giant really, you know, responded uh, to the viral undercover Project Veritas video uh, with this uh, uh, statement, and it's denied doing gain of function or directed evolution, but it did admit to uh, testing new mutations on its antiviral uh, Paxlovid in low-risk studies, which essentially, as Delgado has pointed out clearly, is a language game. And I'll, I can do more of this video, or I can just post it on my, my Getter page, but it's a great story, and uh, we have to go to break. But you know what, I'll just post it on, at Papa Nolan on Getter, guys. Hi, live from Studio 6B. Some COVID stuff going on in the House today. And again, that up against what the Biden administration. You know, the Biden administration and Biden told us this thing was over like two months ago, walking down the sidewalk there. I guess not.
30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's doing sports. Paul Nolan's going to do some more news. Rick Delgado's here. Um, before we get back to the news, just a couple things here <clears throat> on COVID today, since that was um, somewhat of a topic in the news, because the House has been voting on ending mandates and ending other things. And, of course, none of the Democrats are voting for it. And then Biden puts in this ancillary, he's going he's gonna, to, um, COVID emergency will end May 11th, I believe, as if we have to wait till May 11th, <laughs> the day. May 15th or something like that. It's like, yeah, you know what? I think this is the day where the virus finally says, you know what? Okay, you guys win. It's, oh, it's, it's so idiotic. And then he comes out today. And of course, Kristen Welker standing outside there uh, and it's raining and Kristen Welker's holding an umbrella. And here comes Biden out, out, out of the White House, I guess, on his way to the uh, Marine One or someplace. And this is how that this is how this goes. Now, just look now. Who does this the way he walks up to her and watch what he does? Cut one. G roll that. Did he say SCOTUS? Yeah. Wait a sec. Did he what? take the umbrella from the woman? No, he's just holding it up. He's holding her hand and the umbrella. And he's just holding it there, like he wanted to hold that her hand just, or something. I have no that idea. Is so, yeah, but even more than that, like he, like he, he, you know, he takes it more over him, but, you know, because right, he's yeah. more important. Exactly. That, and he has her saw, hand yeah. in his hand, so he's in a completely. Dumb, if you're doing a body language expert here, all this comes out is like if you have this team of scientists, it comes up creep. that's what they come up with that's their that's when they issue you the final paper it's one page one word (laughs) right Right. that's in crayon that's the actual medical diagnosis yeah watch me (laughs) (laughs) we're watching and it's creepy it ends when the supreme court ends it what the supreme court when the hell has that ever been the uh (laughs) stop playing stop playing stupid joe knows what he's talking about he says movid movid (laughs) <laughs> Joe Movin emergency will end when Scotus sends it. Man, he's one marble. Scotus. Movin emergency. 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 Couple things on this because a couple people have weighed in. It's, it's this ridiculous statement that it ends when SCOTUS ends it. I mean, what is he talking about? When has that ever been the? Uh, yeah, the Supreme Court is actually in charge of health policy. Yeah, now. well, yeah, yeah, exactly. That that's do- it's Judge Doctor Fauci. And, and as if any of us want to wait till May fifteenth, by the way. So here's here's uh, Thomas Massey today. Uh, he had some thoughts on this. Love this guy, gentleman from Kentucky's recognized. As the second sponsor of this bill, uh, I'm very excited to see it moving here in Congress. It is long overdue. And the other side of the aisle walked into this room tonight fully prepared to be diametrically opposed to it. But the administration threw him a curveball. The administration is in full retreat at this moment. And so they have to retreat with the administration. Uh, I believe the administration would not have done this tonight. I mean, if you think it's a coincidence, I think you're a coincidence theorist. Uh, it, is, it is no coincidence that the, while we were debating these very measures, the executive branch went into full retreat on this. 
They're trying to, they're actually trying to save, I think, the other side of the aisle from taking a tough vote, giving the, saving some face so that they can vote against it because, well, the timing's not right. And then there was the argument made tonight on this bill and the one preceding it that does something similar that uh, we should wait until we have committees formed. The American people cannot wait another week. They cannot wait another day. Livelihoods have been ruined. So many people have suffered because this has gone on too long. The, the president said, what was it, uh, to CBS 60 Minutes months ago, that the pandemic is over. And now he's saying, well, we need just 60 more days, 60 more days to pull this off. Now that you all have this idea that we should end it, I think I'll end it and I need 60 days. I, I would like to ask uh, Mr. Larson, the president in his statement of administrative policy says he needs 60 days. He wants to uh, uh, honor his previous commitment to give at least 60 days notice prior to termination. Why, does, why is he then going to go 100 days from now to do it? What's the... Uh, haven't spoke to the president about that. My guess is that since the uh, national emergency uh, order signed by the previous president was on March 13, 2020, that about 60 days from... March 13th is around May 11th, and that'd be my only speculation. I was, so, so, I'll I was, give it, so I'll give it a try. I'm trying to. Uh, what would that I matter? see that the, uh, the things are going to expire on March 1st and April 11th. So if he's going 60 days from April 11th, April, help me out here. That, Mr. Chair, I, I wasn't told there would be math. April, <laughs> April May, June. 60 days from April 11th, be June 11th, I think, maybe June 10th. And then uh, March 1st, 60 days from that, be a April, be May 1st. So I don't know, I'm having a problem with the math. I don't, I don't think this has ever been about math. I don't think it's ever been about science. I think it's been about politics. And I would just say, you know, we don't need to beat a, a dead horse and these, all these mandates and all these emergency things, they're dead. But Elections have consequences. If you're watching this tonight or you watch the vote tomorrow and you see that the White House is in full retreat on this issue, it's because he's lost the confidence of the American people on this issue and he knows it. We should have had a vote on this, on this emergency. We should have a vote on the, and I know your topic's not the mandates, but we talked about it tonight. We should have had, Congress should have been voting on this. We should have been having hearings, but we couldn't have them. And so uh, forgive us, Mr. Chairman, please, if, and ranking member, if it seems like we're moving too quickly because the American people think we're moving too slowly. And I would suggest that these bills probably don't go far enough. The, the next thing that needs to happen is to remove the emergency use authorization for some of this. I call it medical malpractice martial law. People are uh, actually, if you, I have a constituent. She went into the hospital for a test. They stuck the swab so far up her nose, they punctured the membrane that keeps your brain fluid in. And it leaked into her throat. They had to do surgery to fix it. She hired an attorney and he said, I'm sorry, we can't help you because of the PrEP Act. We're, we're, uh, so it doesn't just apply to vaccines right now, it applies to the, the masks you wear, it applies to that. You have to prove somebody willfully tried to hurt you. So uh, in order to claim any damages, 
under this medical malpractice martial law that we're living in. And I hope pretty soon after we get HJ Res 7 done um, and after we get the other things done, that will end something that's gone on way too long, which is the boot of the federal government on the American people saying it's in the name of their own good, when in fact it's not in their own good. I hope as soon as we get this done, we move on to all the other things that need to end. And with that, I yield back. Yeah, there you go. Hmm. And, and that alone, that example, his speech, the whole direction of where this going is why I keep saying that this is the issue of our time and it is unavoidable for anyone going into the GOP primary not to have to take this head on and not to be able to answer the questions. It's unavoidable. It cannot be done. It cannot be done. It cannot just be passed off as, well, I'm not for mandating anything. That doesn't go far enough. That does not go far enough. And these are the questions that whoever gets in this race is going to have to tackle. And as far as I can tell from the way the American people think about this and the way a lot of our uh, elected officials like Thomas Massey and Rand Paul and others feel, feel about it, it's not going to be good enough to just talk about mandates. You're going to have to talk about these vaccines. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Easily. That's got to be, that's got to be one of the first things they tackle. Um, but I do have a theory. Because you're talking about, he, he gives it a date. Why did he give it a date? You wondered it. He's wondering. Thomas Massey's asking, like, what do you mean a date? Why, why, why is it a 60 days and then it goes to 100 days? Why? The only thing I can think of, and I don't know because I'm not, I'm not privy to this information, is I wonder if there are certain pharmaceutical contracts that they want to make sure get paid out. And if there's no longer a, uh, a pandemic, well, then we don't, need, we, don't need, we don't need to buy these things, right? I mean, it, it, you hear it all the time. Follow the money. Follow the money. Well, well guess what? When it comes to the, this pandemic and these lockdowns and, and, and the government overreach, it really is all about money and power. So what kind of money are we talking about? What happens before May 1st or May 15th, do you not get to renew the contract for another, uh, you know, $36 billion there, uh, Pfizer? I don't know. But it'd be interesting to find out. Just a question. Well, certainly the, the money, the only money thing I could think of that this deals with is obviously the money we've spent during the pandemic. And now, obviously, without all of these uh, COVID mandates, emergency powers in place, if you take, take that money back to pre-pandemic levels, I, mean, I think we've spent seven trillion dollars we've added to the national fiscal national debt since 2020. Um, so you're certainly on a more sustainable path forward if 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 and when that finally happens. So I, that's certainly one thing. I think the arbit I think the date of May is about as far as he could push it before he couldn't take it any longer because I think at that point, um, due to the way they voted, that's pretty much the end of it, anyways. So he picked basically the last day he could before it was going to be out of his purview to say anything about it. Right. Is the way I understood it. Could be. Oh. Um, do I, I don't have time to play cut three, right? Gee, cause that's about two minutes. This is really the unbelievable story of the day. Yeah. We won't be able to finish it. <laughs> um, this, this video from this MSNBC host. And, it, and this may, um, 
this kind of sets maybe the groundwork for where we're going here in the next year of these people as they start to become more and more. There's a couple of things very surprising about it. Number one, that she was allowed to go on air and talk about it uh, by MSNBC. Even the way she the way she tries to frame it, which you'll see if I'm sure a lot of you have seen this already, but the way she tries to frame it, even putting that aside, I'm surprised they let her go to air and even tell her story. And now the way she tries to frame it is I think this is what you're going to see from the left and from the media going forward. And that is going to be, no, 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 no. We're not, this is not, I'm already seeing it from doctors on social media tonight in reference to this girl's story. Are they real doctors or are they just yeah. doctors online? No, no, no. Real doctors. Real doctors. So we're uh, come vouching, back break. We're going to do this? Yeah, vouching for her story and, and reminding us that you have, um, you have worse risks from um, getting COVID than you do from these vaccines. I'm already starting to see it. So she may be setting new groundwork for the way forward for people trying to explain this away as the, as the evidence mounts and continues to grow again as we head into the um the presidential election in two years it's it is unavoidable all right we'll do that story when we get back sports news all coming up crazy down in hour two p on a tuesday night glad you're in rick delgado's here paul's doing the news slick rick's gonna do sports geo friend holding it down as always glad you're a part of the show make sure you follow us on social media at lfs6b if you haven't subscribed on getter twitter youtube facebook everywhere rumble uh, at lfs6b pretty much everywhere uh, Slick Rick, let's do some sports sports is brought to you by our friend mike lindell who's going to appear tonight on jimmy kimmel he told Steve Bannon yesterday morning when he was rolling out My Pillow 2.0, he's going back on Jimmy Kimmel tonight. Um, and he doesn't care. He's going on. He's going right into the firing zone here. Yeah. He's going to take on Kimmel again, talk about election integrity, talk about getting rid of machines, and he knows what he's in for. And he's going to have to this is how lame this is how lame this is. They say to him, Well, you're not vaccinated, so you can't sit on the set with Jimmy. So you have to be they're going to make like a joke of it and put him like in a supposedly, this is what he says. That he's going to be in, like, you know, one of those, like, uh, claw, like, ball pits where mm -hmm. you, the like, claw would come down and pick up a nothing. They're going to put him in some kind of, like, a glass box or something. Like supposedly. And like why would Lindell accept that? He should say, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem, and get there and be like, nah, no thanks. That doesn't look comfortable for me. No thanks. Yeah. Uh, because I think he just wants to talk about election integrity at all costs. He's got, he you know, listen, he's got brass, you know what? That's got a, no doubt. big audience. Last time he was on, it was one of the most viewed Jimmy Kimmel episodes that they <laughs> put online, which is why he got invited back, obviously. And um, so Jimmy Kimmel's proven that he's a prostitute or a prestitute. He'll just he hate completely diametrically opposed to him, but he'll take him on for the ratings. He's that desperate. Yeah, of course. Well, you know he won't have a legitimate. <laughs> I mean, listen. Again, I know people hate when I talk, do this, but. Uh, 
I played a Bill Maher clip last night. At least if you go on Maher, you're going to have at least have some kind of conversation. You know what's great about Maher, though? He reaches the lunatic left, and he can actually try to bring some reason to them. That's all that matters here. Well, let's bring some – let's get any moderate lefty who – let's just say grew up with his father, was a union guy, and isn't political. He's apolitical, just wants to get by, pays, pay, you know, pay his bills, have a few buds at the end of the day. He's, you know, he he's just got the D because he grew up with it. He don't know any better. So that's what's good about Bill Maher. At least he'll reach people who, uh, you know, think they're a D because they're supposed to be. And so to, to discredit him or to dislike him just because of his past, it's kind of missed a bigger picture, in my opinion. You know, it's, it's good that he reaches, you know, people in the middle. And, and he, like important. I said, he's he's also willing to at least have an intellectual discussion with yeah. you on some level when he has Shapiro on or he has... Jordan Peterson. Uh, Jordan Peterson on. He has these guys on. He's willing to take them on and, and at least be civil about it, even though you know, some of his other guests are not, not civil when they're on. But So I don't know. Lindell's going on. We'll see what it's like tonight. Uh, let's all tune in. We'll support Mike and see see how um, – he's not going to take any nonsense from Jimmy Kimmel, so no. we know that. So um, that's tonight. Um, that's uh, He's also sponsoring sports, obviously. Yep. LFS6B is the code at checkout. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right. Well, you know how we love our getter audience. I want to shout out a share from a story. Kristen C. 8915, one of my favorite people in the getter chat. She's also on Truth Social. Sends me stories almost every day. Great patriot. Her dad was that NFL Rookie of the Year in 1960. The great Gail Cogdale of the uh, Detroit Lions. Played with the Baltimore Colts and the Falcons. Had a great NFL career. So thank you for this story, Kristen. I, I think she was in my uh, live chat last night. I think she oh. told me that. That she uh, sends you stories all the time. She Slick, right? is absolute love her. She's just fan Fantastic. Beautiful lady. Uh, so let's get to it, Big D. Very sad story. Go with me on this one here. This is from the WesternJournal.com that she shared with me earlier today. Michael Austin is the writer. Boy 14 dies after cardiac arrest being thrown off bull at rodeo. Oh. Mother says a nightmare for the rest of my life. Very sad story here. A 14-year-old boy died after riding a bull for the first time Saturday in North Carolina. Local emergency personnel arrived at a rodeo event in King, just north of Winston-Salem, on Saturday night in response to a call about cardiac arrest, WRAL-TV reported. The report said Denim Bradshaw was riding a bull at the time of the call, but it is unclear what caused the cardiac arrest. According to the Greensboro News and Record Stokes County Emergency Management Director Brandon Gentry said the teenager was one of the participants when this happened. He was riding a bull and was thrown off. Denim was lying unconscious in the rodeo ring when EMS workers arrived. Gentry said the teenager was taken to Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center in Winston, North Carolina, uh, Salem, uh, where he was pronounced dead. Denim, a student at Walkerton Middle School, was making his first bull ride, according to the Winston-Salem Journal. Bradshaw's mother, Shannon Bowman, uh, published a Facebook post on Sunday about her son's death. Uh, last night was the longest night of my life. My beautiful, handsome 14-year-old son had went to be with the Lord. I awoke in a nightmare for the rest of my life. I hate myself for this call, but he was loving every second of it. If uh, I never seen him so happy as I seen him last night before his departure, Bowman wrote. Denim, baby, you did it. You did that. I'm so proud of your braveness and your courage, my little cowboy. I will love and miss you so much, and I know God will take care of you. And, man, I, that's, that, that story just choked me up. It's very strong. Mm -hmm. I know we always report on a rodeo, but a 14-year-old boy, and, you know, to hear how happy he was having the time of his life, and, and then he lost his life. So sad story, but I, thank you, Kristen, for sharing that earlier. Oh. Uh, 
And then we go from another story here. Biden supporter and woke NBA player Steph Curry wants to block affordable housing being built near his $30 million mansion from the book of Damon. What's good for thee is not good for me. Hold on one second. Give me a second here. Let me do my best Paul Nolan impression. Well, well, well. Exactly. Oh, Steph, That's really, the- he was just at the White House with Biden yeah. and Steve yeah. Kerr and Greg Popovich and all of them. Oh. It's good for me. It's good for me. Oh, yes, really. When, no, F- when AFFH comes to your town, oh, no, 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 it's a little different, huh? I wonder if LeBron's... Um, it's taking a position on this. Probably uh, not. Yeah, well, here we go. Warner Todd Houston, the only place you're going to hear it. Breitbart, of course. NBA star Stephen Curry and his wife, Aisha, constantly parade themselves as supporters of the left-wing agenda, but apparently not when it comes to having affordable housing units built near their own exclusive multi-million dollar California mansion. The Biden supporters are openly opposing the construction of a low-income multifamily unit near their Atherton, California mansion, saying they have major concerns for their privacy and safety, according to the Almanac. <laughs> News. The city recently approved a plan to build a 16-unit apartment on a one and a half acre lot near the Curry Mansion. At least some of the units will be open to low-income renters, which is obviously par for the course in any of these units. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Currys are upset by the plans, oh. and uh, not my backyard. And the old NIMBY, that acronym, led it to the city. The pair claimed that the construction project would endanger their kids when complete. Oh, are uh-huh. the Currys living in the systemically <laughs> racist part of California with all of be. the white people? Yeah, could I don't be. Know. Could be. <laughs> oh, wow. You, you know, that low-income housing goes for about a million dollars a piece. But hey, you know, that's crazy. Wow, <laughs> AFFH. World. Oh, I mean, come on. Well, there's a letter written here. As Atherton residents, we have been following along with the housing element updates with special interest in the 23 Oakwood property, they wrote in their January 18th letter. We hesitate to add to the not-in-our-backyard literally rhetoric, but we wanted to send a note before today's meeting. See and privacy for us and our kids continues to be our top priority sure. and one of the biggest reasons we chose Atherton as our home, Big D. Oh. Other multi-million <laughs> residents feel the same way. They also have nippy concerns and want to block the affordable housing plan. The city, of course, is being forced to consider affordable housing units in the ultra-rich neighborhood because new state laws are aimed at values uh, at, at, at remaking communities and knocking down property values by forcing communities to add affordable housing in new construction. Oh. Even if, yeah, that's part of the deal. Uh, you know, Curry has been a big left-wing af- activist for years. In 2022, he joined Michelle Obama's When We All Vote organization, meant to bolster Democrat voting in elections. And, you know, we know the story with Curry. But I understand now Curry is in a hurry to sell that mansion. And that's a wrap in Sports <laughs> Big D. Back to you. Wow. <laughs> Guys, did you see the other ironic NBA story of LeBron crying on the court because he was oh. fouled? Meanwhile, wasn't he the guy making fun of Rittenhouse for crying in court? Oh, he's... Yeah, and, and what he doesn't point out is he took five steps before he got fouled. Right, he um, walked all over the yeah. place on oh, that thing. Yeah. But real quick, back to uh, to Slick Rick's story. Atherton, California real estate. Atherton Homes for Sale, Realtor.com. View 32 homes for sale in Atherton at a medium listing home price of $10,750,000. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I should get two of those. It's a, it's a, pri- it's a it's pricey. <laughs> Well, yeah, you and, need, and, and you need one, one of Rick's for face each, creams. For, you need one for each, uh, for each, for each Tesla. <laughs> the front had, right? Wow! So you're telling me Steph is not down for the um, no, not down for the cause. Nope. Hmm. Not down for the revolution, huh? Nope. Curry scurry. Shocked by this? Yeah. This is, this is... <laughs> Man, too bad the great Walter Williams isn't still alive. We could talk to him about it. Oh, I think I did. We got to pull that out.
live from Studio 6B, hour two on nine o'clock on the East Coast. Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Lots to do in hour two. Crazy Town coming up. A couple LOLs of the day. A WTF of the day as well. We've got lots to get to. Paul's doing news. Slick Rick's going to do sports. Delgado sitting right there. Geo Fran holding it down as always. So I want to get into this clip from the MSNBC host, how she frames this. But we were just talking about Steph Curry. Do we have this, G? You have it from the 10-minute mark? So, I don't know. This has got to be about a y- two years ago now, a year and a half, two years ago. I had the great Walter E. Williams on the show. And I don't exactly remember what my question is, but it has something to do with sports figures and where and, and, and them talking a good game about when, when it's convenient, I believe, is what my question was for them. But we don't ever see them like a LeBron James. We don't ever see them. They're, they're easily to call... You know, America, the systemically this or systemically that, but then they go make tens of millions of dollars where they can only do it here in the U.S. and then they trash the U.S. at any any time they can as being systemically racist. But they but they never go back to where they came from and build build a house there or send their kids to school there. No, no, no. they move to where the average median house is eleven million dollars. And send their kids to school at some private school that costs them a hundred grand a year. So it, it's it's just so phony, all of them. So here, so I figured let's pull this out. We had a quick cans on it. Here's my question to Walter E. Williams. This is probably about a year and a half, two years ago, I believe, on this topic. Roll that, G. We see a lot of sports figures, a lot of actors, even journalists um, who embrace this hate America ideology, whether they do it wittingly or unwittingly. Um, they seek to undermine basically all the fun, fun, you know, foundational institutions of the society. And they they basically have no desire to promote serious change. None of these sports figures like LeBron James, they never live in these communities that they supposedly speak for. They don't send their kids to the schools in these communities that they supposedly speak for. They may go back on Thanksgiving and donate a turkey or set up a foundation, but none of them <laughs> have a direct um, – they're not invested – as community members buying houses in these communities, what do you think about all these sports figures, the kneeling and, and all of that? Well, you, you, might, you might add to them uh, congressmen and, uh, and political figures uh, who are mayors and, and uh, 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 chief of police and superintendent of schools. They don't have their kids uh, going to these grossly rotten schools. They send their kids to private schools or parochial schools. Matter of fact, there's a study done some years ago, and it showed that, that, that public school teachers send their kids to private schools more often than the public in, at large. And these people, these sports figures that you mentioned, uh, they, 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 maybe, maybe they grew up in some of these poor neighborhoods, but they damn sure don't, grow, grow, they don't live in these poor neighborhoods anymore and they and they're just playing the game they're 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 not making any particular sacrifice and 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 matter of fact uh i i don't expect for them to make a sacrifice that is the the best thing that people can do for any race is to do the best that they can at what they do uh you know for example uh, i'm 84 years old and and i remember when joe lewis 
He, he didn't get on a soapbox. He didn't do anything. He was just as damn good. He was the best that he could possibly be in boxing. And that meant a whole lot to black people in the 30s, in the late 30s and early 40s in terms of the self-respect that we uh, that we gained from his achievement and the achievement of Jackie Robinson, Don Newcomb, and all those other guys. They weren't on a soapbox. They were just trying to be the best at the best at doing whatever they do. Yeah, that's good, G. And you know what's amazing is, there you go. Not exactly specifically to this topic of AFFH and, and, and low-income housing in his neighborhood, but uh, kind of to the point. They're all phonies when it comes to all this. They're all phonies. They'll get up there on their soapbox. They'll do the exact opposite of what he just described the old guys used to do. They're all on a soapbox about every single thing, whether it's... um. The WNBA or Brittany Griner or this or systemically that and systemically this. And then as soon as it hits their neighborhood, oh, we got to write some letters here, honey, because we can't <laughs> we, be having this coming in. can't have this kind of riffraff yeah. down the street from my driveway. Do you know how much I paid for this driveway? Yep. So just totally, totally phony. But, so. we'll, but we'll say it's about the safety of our kids. Oh, stop. Yeah. Damn. All right. Uh, let's move on to cut three. So. There's this MSNBC host, Yasmin, how do you pronounce her last name? Basovian. And she's been missing from being on air. And people, I guess, have noticed it. And she returned to air today. And she wanted to tell everybody why she hasn't been on air. And here's what she said. Roll it, G. I know from my Twitter feed uh, that many of you have wondered why I have been off the air for a little while. Well, I have been dealing with a little bit of a health scare. On December 20th, I began to feel chest pains and they waxed and waned over a period of 10 days. I wasn't quite sure uh, what to make of it, but as they continued to get worse, I started to think something was actually wrong. Um, It was December 30th when I finally went to an urgent care and was told I had reflux. I didn't really buy it, but I was relieved it wasn't my heart. Uh, My body, though, was pretty certain uh, not to believe uh, the reflux. The next day, on December 30th, I woke up with severe pains, both in my chest and in my left shoulder, and it was like a tightening in my chest when I took deep breaths. That got worse when I was laying flat. I knew enough at that moment to understand that it could mean, could is the key word here, that I was having a heart attack, especially because it was happening in the left part of my shoulder. I want to remind you, I run seven miles three to four times a week, or I did. Um, I do yoga. I don't eat meat. I don't smoke. I drink occasionally. Not right now, though, because my doctor tells me I can't. Aside from probably not getting enough sleep and working too much, I'm a pretty healthy person. But on that day, I was anything but. My husband drove me to the emergency room, and from there, the nightmare that has been my January began. I was diagnosed with pericarditis, inflammation of the lining of my heart, brought on by a virus, a literal common cold. I also had fluid around my heart that had to be drained or else it could hinder the beating of my heart. I was hospitalized for four nights and transferred from a local hospital to NYU Langone here in New York City. On January 4th, I was finally discharged after doctors drained the fluid around my heart and I bounced out of the hospital. I couldn't get out of there fast enough with the hopes I was on the mend, but that was not the end. Three days later, I was readmitted when I felt a flutter in my heart, like a butterfly. It was inside my chest. They determined I had developed myocarditis, inflammation of the actual heart now, the heart muscle. 
I remember being shepherded through the emergency room and wondering, is this it? It wasn't, thank God. Instead, I spent five more days in the hospital. Brought on by the common cold, ah, we're told. Sure, of course. Watch that common cold. Because she's never had a common cold before. She's no. probably had thousands throughout her life, but it just so happened that this is the one that gave her something that nobody knew existed or, or, or had heard about um, and knew how to pronounce if they saw it written down for the first time until about, oh, about a year and a half ago. Okay. How does she sleep at night? Yeah. I mean, that's just despicable. I mean, come on. I mean, the common cold, really? <laughs> She's basically saying, crazy. I'm vaccinated, but there's I can't so say I'm vaccinated. There's so much evidence. There's so much out there on VARES, on the Pfizer websites. There's just so much data now pointing to the side effects of these mRNA, you know, vaccines. And she can't have the decency to, ah, forget it. This is pointless. Yeah, so we're at it's this, so frustrating. we're now at this stage, this, whatever this stage is now going to become, where now people who are dealing with this, she said she runs seven miles every week or every couple she, days. She used to. She doesn't she do it used anymore. To, but she believes this is brought on by the common cold. Yes, the common cold. She's fully vaccinated. God knows how many shots. She yeah. develops both of the things that every doctor has talked about as possible from these shots. And she blames the common cold <laughs> for her health troubles. <laughs> now, a couple things. She's clearly doing this because of the, her overlords at MSNBC want to protect Pfizer and Moderna and whoever they're getting money from, clearly. Um, or she's got some loony doctor who's convinced her that this is obviously the case and she actually buys it or maybe she doesn't buy it, but she's not willing to, you know, step out and be, be truthful. Mm -hmm. um, but the, but the, I, and I mean, we've all, we all, we all have heard that you, there is some risk of developing both of these from just getting one of these later strands, like the original, the one that I had getting the disease wasn't, there was no risk. Well, maybe there was, but it wasn't talked about from the medical community that there was a big risk of myocarditis developing from getting it. Now, later on, some of the other strands, they, there were, there was talk that there was a risk of developing it, but there's doctors all over social media today. Because of her story. Remember, you have a much bigger risk of developing these symptoms from just getting the disease. Now, she doesn't even say she got it from COVID. She says the common cold. Yeah. So she takes it even a step farther. That's, it has literally nothing to do with COVID, nothing to do with the vaccines. So it's just strange. I mean, it's just we're going to go into this stage now. Of, I guess this is going to be the new way forward. This is the denial. Right? It, it, it's, the, it's their way of denying everything that they've been pushing, everything that they've been saying, everything that they've been spoon-fed and believed. And now it's rebounding back onto them. And they don't want to... We say it all the time. They'd much rather believe the lie than to believe that they've been lied to. They've been lied to. They don't want to accept it. Yep. She won't step forward and say, damn it, I shouldn't have done it. I should have. I should have taken more time. I should have looked into this more. I shouldn't have just jumped because they said to do it. And she now can. look at me. I can't run seven miles a day anymore. Uh, now I got to blame the common cold. Who knows if what kind of ticking time bomb I've released on myself? Because a lot of people are thinking the same thing, unfortunately. Yep. And then you've got this MIT professor who came out 
And he's immediately calling for the suspension of all mRNA COVID vaccines. He says, this, he says, in my 30 years of experience as a practitioner and academic in using data and analysis to assess and manage risk, particularly in the context of health systems, health policies, as well as management of safety and quality of manufacturing and biological drugs, he, he, he's, he's calling for these things to be pulled. He says, I'm filming this video to share my strong conviction. They should stop because they've completely failed to fulfill any of their advertised promise regarding efficacy. And more importantly, they should stop because of the mounting indisputable evidence that they cause unprecedented levels of harm, including death of young children and people. And again, this is a MIT professor. uh, What's his name? Levi something or other. Yeah. But she, I mean, she sat there with a straight face and told us it was everything other than COVID or the vaccines. It was the common cold. Somebody who doesn't eat meat, not, I don't know if that makes you healthier, by the way, but whatever. Um, she doesn't smoke. No. Doesn't smoke, barely drinks, and runs seven miles a week. And the, the common cold just now is what got her. Yeah. yeah I got a splinter, so I almost died. Damn sniffles. Yeah, common cop out. And it wasn't done, by the way, then. Part two of this story when we get back. Hold on. Oh, this. The blues right there on that guitar. Come on, play that guitar. Uh, Let me talk to you about Birch Gold. Despite the U.S. blowing through the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling this month, the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand when it comes to fiscal responsibility, it's time to pull yours out. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold remains king. It is dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text AMERICA to 989898 to claim your free information kit on gold. And then talk to one of their precious metal specialists. Think about this. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single one of you and every single one of us on this show would have to write a check for $247,000, and it's only going to get worse. Protect yourself with gold today by texting AMERICA to 989898. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, countless five-star reviews. You can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text America right now to 989898. Get your free information gift from Birch Gold. Text America to 989898. I would encourage you to do it today. Protect that savings as inflation continues to, uh, well, melt it away. And I saw that the um, 
18 past the hour live from Studio 6B. I saw that there was a couple charts out today that the Fed's already starting to rethink the idea of getting back to 2% inflation. Uh, that that is probably not going to happen. And I think they've now kicked it up to 2.4%. And I think it's going to have to get kicked up probably above 3, maybe even closer to... Well, we'll see what happens tomorrow. The Fed did the FOMC meetings going on, obviously, today and tomorrow. And then at 2 o'clock, we'll get the rate decision. A lot of people think it's going to be 0.25. A lot of, some people still think it's going to be 50 basis points, half a percent. Could be quarter. Uh, we'll know tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and then we'll hear from Jerome Powell at around 2.30, 2.35. And that's always the most interesting part is when he starts to talk. That's when the markets uh, and everybody will react to what they hear. Although I think there's no surprise what you're going to hear. You're going to hear a very hawkish, a uh, very mean-spirited still, because yeah. he's not going to have any choice, because he doesn't want financial conditions to loosen up anymore, and he doesn't want people spending money, and he doesn't want markets going up. Uh, he wants the unemployment rate going up, and uh, we'll see. So that's what I would expect. I don't think we're getting any surprises. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a quarter or a half point. I guess neither one would surprise me. I think a half point will surprise the markets a little bit, so we'll probably have some downside if that's the case. But we'll see tomorrow, 2 p.m., and then we'll hear him speak at 2.35 or so. Uh, all right, let's do some news. And here with the news is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? You know, just uh, the war drum is beating louder and louder. This seems to be going past saber-rattling uh, to what looks to me like uh, an escalation in rhetoric and alliances. NATO raises specter of Russia, China, North Korea, nuclear alliance challenging the new world order and warns that what's happening in Ukraine today could happen in Asia tomorrow as Japan vows to strengthen Western ties. Uh, NATO today raised concerns about the nuclear alliance between those three nations. NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg warned that Russia's victory in Ukraine would embolden China to potentially invade the self-governing island of Taiwan, which Beijing claims to own. Uh, Stoltenberg said China is learning lessons from Vladimir Putin's uh, invasion of Ukraine as he's warned what's happening in Europe today could happen in East Asia tomorrow. NATO made uh, NATO chief made full comments during a trip to Japan in which he had Japanese Prime Minister uh, Fumio Kishida uh, vowed to strengthen ties with the West amid increasing security fears over Russia's invasion of Ukraine and its growing military co cooperation with China. Uh, the story goes on to say uh, the leaders also raised concern about the Russia's nuclear threats, joint military drills between Russia and China near Japan, and the North Korea uh, Korean development of nuclear weapons. It comes after Russia yesterday warned it's on the verge of a direct collision with the U.S. and NATO, and it's very possible there'll be nuclear arms control. There will be no nuclear arms control treaty with America after 2026 due to Washington's effort to inflict strategic defeat on Moscow in Ukraine. Stoltenberg uh, today told reporters uh, Russian victory in Ukraine would embolden China at a time when it's building up its military and bullying its neighbors and threatening Taiwan. Um, if President Putin wins in Ukraine, it will be a, a tragedy for Ukrainians, but it will also send a very dangerous message uh, to authoritarian leaders all over the world because the, me the message would be that they can use military force and they can achieve goals. So the war with Ukraine really matters to the rest of us. So um, really pretty heavy stuff. And then uh, in related news, Iran and Russia 
signed deal to link their banks. The central banks of Iran and Russia Sunday signed a deal to connect their national interbank communication and transfer system to help boost trade and ease two-way bank transactions. Per the deal, 52 branches of Iranian banks and four unnamed foreign banks will use Iran's local interbank telecom system known as SEPM to connect 106 banks using Russian system for transfer of financial messages and SPFS. Um, and the Central Bank of Iran has, uh, went on to say that uh, the, v the Russian VT Bank will be involved in the related pilot program and other lenders will join gradually. Um, speaking on the sidelines of the signing ceremony, Karimi, who is, excuse me, Moshin Karimi, uh, said the deal's a big step forward in implementing countermeasures against banking sanctions between Iran and Russia. He said the two local interbank systems cannot be sanctioned and their infrastructure cannot be controlled by Western governments. The contract is the first step to, uh, to outline in a joint action plan of banking cooperation signed last year by the two central banks. This will also pave the way for Iranian banks to interact with all Russian leaders. So, um, you know, as we know, the banks control uh, so much of the world and uh, that's those sanctions that really cripple these nations. And, you know, if, if, if we see other nations linked to this, it really does look like a precursor to a much bigger conflict that, uh, you know, the West versus the East, so to speak. So um, we've, this, been hearing this the, is, we've been hearing from some of the generals talking about the fact that they think they're going to okay. with that um, 2024, 2025, things continue on the path they're continuing as China's continually on the move. Um, and obviously eyeing down Taiwan, that we're going to be in some kind of conflict with them. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty hairy. When you think about the relation that the World Economic Forum has with, you know, the banks here and the central banks of the West and, you know, the sentiment of a lot of Americans now, they're fed up with the World Economic Forum, these unelected bureaucrats. So it really does create for a really interesting dynamic where we will see this war if it does come to fruition and will not even remotely have the support of the American people based on the fact that where the pawns in play, so to speak, when you look at the bigger picture of it, it's really quite astounding. Um, we almost, dare I say, you know, root against NATO at this point, um, which is, and so this is at zero, there's zero end to this thing, so to speak. You root for either one and you're doomed. You know, so it's it's psychotic. We're watching psychopaths fight. And it's, you know, now, you know what I mean? It's the, the tribal nature of, of Americans will get behind, you know, our, our captors, so to speak, when we get behind the World Economic Forum in the West. Uh, it's a really crazy time. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep reporting on this right through. And The president spoke about this a little bit in South Carolina as he called for peace negotiations to end the war between Russia and, U and Ukraine and pledged that he would quickly begin. Um, well, he said this would have never, obviously this never would have happened. He said, uh, through weakness and incompetence, Joe Biden has brought us to the brink of World War III. We're at the brink of World War III, just in case anyone doesn't know it, Trump said uh, in South Carolina, flanked by Henry McMaster and Lindsey Graham, two beauties there, the Republican Party, uh, the chief uh, of his uh, South Carolina leadership team. As president, I will bring back peace through strength. He said, if I was president, there would there be no war between Russia and Ukraine. Zero chance. Yeah, and I believe that. All right, live from Studio 6B, more news, sports coming up when we get back. 
on a Tuesday. minutes past the hour. A lot to get to in this segment. And let's just jump right in, G. LOL of the day. First one, you know the one, the bus one. <laughs> Someone gets thrown underneath the bus. If you, I don't know if you've seen this clip. I don't know this if is, I've seen it either. <laughs> yeah, no, thrown under the bus. Okay, well, we... All right. Bust a move. Here we go. Roll it, G. Listen to this. I can't wait. If he's that old in a second term, the vice presidency becomes even more important. Should Kamala Harris be the, his choice the second time around? You know, I, I really want to defer to what makes Biden comfortable on his team. I've known Kamala for a long time. I like Kamala. I knew her back when she was when she was an attorney general and I was still uh, uh, teaching. And we worked on the housing crisis together. So we go way back. They oh, need, she's they woman. have to be a team, and my sense is they are. I don't mean that by suggesting I think there are any problems. I think they are. <laughs> so she, no, not at all. So she throws her under the bus and then backs the bus up because, like, oh, my God, I just ran her over. And just so, just for a little context of how they got to that part, play cut 11, G. Here it is. Just uh, here's, here's the flat clip without the music and everything. Roll that. You know, speaking of uh, you're having run for president, should Joe Biden run again for president? He'll be 86 by the time his second term is over. If he yes, does. he should run again. Wow. And he is running again because he has gotten a tremendous amount done. If he's that old in the second term, the vice presidency becomes even more important. Mm-hmm. Should Kamala Harris be the, his choice at the second time around? You know, I... I really <laughs> want to she was right. on the Joe Biden. On that's good, Gene. On the part, on the Joe Biden part. <laughs> yes, right away. <laughs> she didn't even think about it. Didn't even think about <laughs> you it. You have to finish the question. Of course, he should. Of yes, course, he right. should, and he is. What about Kamala? Ah, you know, I kind of, yeah, I've no, known her the since. Hands, uh, the hands. <laughs> that body language says no other way. Beating around the CP. Kamala's team, by the way. <laughs> supposedly, the word is when Kamala's team saw that clip, they lost their mind. And later on in the day, supposedly Warren came out and apologized and tried to double back down on. No, I didn't mean anything by it. Uh, okay, one more. LOL the day. Kamala. Um, well, I'm not even going to say it. Let's just roll it, G. Are these new green buses going to keep their signature yellow color? These are going to remain <laughs> yellow school buses because All who right. doesn't love a yellow school bus? They will remain yellow, but their heart will be green. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I can't imagine why everybody has a little... Not so sure when they're asked about her continuing on the ticket. I just can't figure out what they don't see. Wow. Oh, my God. Imagine well, waking up next to that every day. That's what her hey, campaign's going to be. Breakfast? Oh, God, your boy's just killing me. Let's, let's give – maybe Elizabeth Warren's watching the show tonight. All right. Yeah, maybe. Very possible. <laughs> let's give her one last – see, that could be the look she has right now as she's watching. Let's give her one last thing to hold on to so the next time she's asked this question – she will have a definitive answer, as she did when was asked about Joe Biden running for president. The WTF of the day, G, roll it. I'm crazy. 
which brings me to May 30th, 2020. Bob and Doug returned to the Kennedy Space Center. From the Great White they North. They suited up. Oh. They waved to their families. Mm-hmm. And they rode an elevator up oh. nearly 20 stories. Wow. They strapped in to their seats oh. and waited as the tanks beneath them filled with tens of thousands of gallons of fuel. <laughs> and then they launched. Oh my God. Yeah, they did. <laughs> oh my God. And they went zoom oh, in the air. I'm crazy. <laughs> oh my God. That is the one. The <laughs> WZ for the day went out of that. Okay, Kamala, How? come tell us about your book report. <laughs> come, come to the front of the class. <laughs> she gets dumber by the minute. Yeah, it, it yeah. really is amazing. She it, does. I, but, but she was, you got to give it to her, Paul. She was so scientifically accurate with her description <laughs> of a NASA-style launch yeah. where they ride up the elevator and, and then they strap it. She the, does the strap thing the because, tanks. you know, people don't know what that means just by the words. Right. Um, the, the only thing missing is, that's right, yes, they went woo into the air and whoa, they Please, somebody oh. hit me in the face with a brick. <laughs> okay, I'll do it later. Uh, crazy Town, G. She's in orbit. Mr. Am- <laughs> Mr. Amtrak comes to New York. Roll it. Anytime the president oh, comes God, to visit, oh. he knows he's welcome. Oh, the first lady's always man. welcome. Some may have noticed that the Empire State Building was lit up in the colors paying tribute to the First Lady's favorite team. Okay, that's how I'm going to spin that one. (laughs) Pete Buttigieg, we had a great conversation about... We've got a lot of experience. Not only do we need a visionary president, but we need equally a visionary secretary of the Department of Transportation. Please help me welcome that man, Pete Buttigieg. I'm delighted to be here with all of you today celebrating this very, very good news because this is yet another example of what President Joe Biden's vision for building a better America looks like. All right, so this is a hallelujah moment. Uh, I feel like I need to get into church, folks. Can I hear hallelujah, please? Another wall star. This is the worst (laughs) church I've been to in a long time. But I will say that this is a American civic cathedral. There's something that is almost poetic about a president who rode Amtrak every day when he was a senator or regularly, that he is going to go down as the president that finally got these rail tunnels moving and the resources to complete it. What a great day. What a great afternoon. Here comes Gateway. <laughs> Mr. Amtrak himself, Joe Biden. He really looks like a real hello, life hello, guard. Hello. Please have a have a seat okay. if you have one. Here we go. <laughs> well, thank you, yeah. Chuck. Day. Thanks for the introduction. Uh, that's worth the trip. This is Chuck Schumer Day, pal. You got it done. And I uh, also want to, you know, we try to shut down uh, while others try to shut this down. We made clear, <laughs> I made clear this is a national priority. I want to thank Representative Gottheimer as well and the two members of the New Jersey Congress New Jersey. congressional de- delegation, Rob Menendez, who's smarter than his dad, and Don Goldman. I know because my son was smarter than I was. So, uh, yeah, look, uh, for being here, we got, we got a lot of work to do, and we got a lot of work to get together. You're going to pay for that when you get home, right? 
Um, but look, in addition to getting folks out of cars and onto trains, we're going to help the environment as well because we're going to all the studies show, and I've been harping on this since the mid 70s, that every study shows you can get from point A to point B on rail as fast or faster than you can an automobile. You don't take the car, you get in the train. And by the way, as a U.S. Senator, I commuted for 36 years every single solitary day the Senate was in session. I traveled over a million one hundred thousand miles on Amtrak, <laughs> and I can tell you where all the delays were. In 2020, there were over 12,000 minutes in delay in just one year. 12,000 minutes of delay. The United States of America. What for God's sake? What are we doing? This is the United States of America. We know better. We're so much brighter than that. And now we're going to prove it. We're going to rebuild the existing tunnel. But we can't do that until we build a brand new, entirely second, an entirely different and separate tunnel. We can't fix the old first one without building the new one. And it's, that tunnel is going to you're going to run at faster speeds with no interruptions. You'd be running at 100 miles an hour. And to get it done is the first step. We're completing the, the, the concrete casing under the Hudson Yards, as Chuck referenced. Because Chuck has been what? talking what? and talking can't and talking and talking. And talking about yesterday, I was in Baltimore oh for a similar stuck. announcement of the Baltimore Potomac Tunnel, another critical junction that was built nearly 150 years ago. No changes in 150 years. I walked through that sucker too. Yeah. No, you think I'm joking? Yeah, I'm not, man. Ago, this has been you didn't walk when you when you commute on a highway every single day, and that was my highway. You get interested in when things are told, the things are falling apart. And there's more that we're doing. For example, up in the Bronx, we're redevelopment the the Hunts Point Terminal uh, Produce Market, installing charging stations for electric vehicles, so delivery trucks can get in and out faster and recharge and return on for the return trip. On Staten Island, we're upgrading the port at the Kill, at Arthur Kill Terminal site. I know him. To turn it into a state-of-the-art assembly site for wind <laughs> turbines. <laughs> By the way, just one blade of these new wind like turbines is 102 well. yards long. The ships carrying this equipment are huge, so we're dredging a 35-foot basin so the ships can reach the site. And all of it, all of it is union labor. All of it. Every freaking one. We're making sure there's one is <laughs> one of these projects as well here. So we're not just it's not just good for workers, it's good for taxpayers too. Will lead to seventy two thousand good playing jobs plane. over its lifetime. Good playing. We used to invest two tenths of one percent. Two, I mean, two percent of our GDP in research and development. So That's what we did 40 years ago. Oh, there's much more to do about what we're going to do to modernize the modern rail. Let me close with this. Please. Please. Name me a time Whoa. when America's gone through a crunch and didn't come out stronger on the other side than went in. There we go. We can get really big things done. We're sort of losing confidence in ourselves. Knighted. We can do anything. We really can. I give you my word as a Biden. I've never been more optimistic oh. about America's oh. prospects in <laughs> so my entire Thank life. God. He needs his prospects. Wow. Thank God we got his word as a Biden. Yeah. Well, 
I feel Cause, better. Because that means a lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no, we're we have no idea. Trying to figure out what you were saying, I Joe. Just, I just can't believe he didn't go to his other, uh, his new favorite phrase that he likes to use. Uh, you know, that Biden's, he's an idiot. Uh, he, he's been using that the last couple of days, right? Yeah. Well, he said uh, to Menendez kid that you're smarter than your dad. I'd yeah. be a little dig at Robert Menendez, who's always under some investigation there in the Senate. I guess. I don't yeah, know. Usually sunning himself in the Dominican Republic with the young teen girls <laughs> yeah, around. Something. Yeah, exactly. But no, yeah, yeah, you're smarter than your dad. You're not getting caught yet. All right. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Man, oh, man. So there you go. All right. The only other news I wanted to touch on today, we'll do some sports and news with Paul when we get back, is what Governor DeSantis did in Florida today. And he announced basically a plan to defund critical race theory, DEI nonsense, at all public Florida uh, universities. And I think we have a clip of this. Uh, Cut five, G. Play a little of that. The first thing that we're going to propose is we want to make sure that everybody that goes through a Florida university uh, has to take certain core course uh, requirements that's really focused on giving them the foundation so that they can think for themselves. And the core curriculum must be grounded in actual history, the actual philosophy that has shaped Western civilization. Um, Our institutions will be graduating students, I think, with degrees that are going to be meaningful. We don't want students to go through at taxpayer expense and graduate with a degree in zombie studies. And so this is going to make a difference. All right, that's good, Jay. Once again, the governor of Florida leads from from in front on these issues that the right has always ceded to the left, education being one of the main ones. So good for him. My life from Studio 6P. We're back to wrap it up on a Tuesday right after this. on a Tuesday night. So Rav's got great stuff coming up. And I want to make sure that everybody's aware of all the good things. You just The safest thing to do is just lock in Rav on whatever you watch it on, whether it's Pluto, Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV, on the Rav app, um, Roku, the Roku channel, wherever it is, just lock it in there, chat on your phone, um, and just lock it in all day. That way you'll miss none of this because let's start with Thursday, February 2nd, from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. We have a special called Keeping the American Dream Alive, hosted by Terrence Bates, who you all watch in the morning with Ed and Karen. Um, this is a special where he's going to talk to real American voices about why the American dream seems to become, uh, is becoming harder to obtain Rising costs, food, housing, other basic necessities, what's driving up the cost. So that's going to be on Thursday from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Then, of course, the big one is going to be Tuesday, February 7th. That is, of course, the State of the Union. I mean, I don't know how it gets any bigger than this. Ed Henry, Karen Turk, Mark Lauder, um, all at the America First Warehouse along with Linda McMahon, Chad Wolf, Scott Erickson, 
Hogan Gidley, and more. Pulse of the People, America on the Brink, special live coverage of your State of the Union. Uh, Up at the America First Warehouse starts at 7 p.m. As we get ready for Biden to speak that night, State of the Union, Real America's Voice will have wall-to-wall coverage starting at 7 p.m. And again, Ed and Karen will uh, lead that coverage live at the America's First Warehouse in New York. And again, Linda McMahon, Chad Wolf, Scott Erickson, Hogan Gidley. Uh, I mean, just fantastic. Uh, That's the America's First Policy Institute in conjunction with Real America's Voice, will cover the State of the Union. So make sure next Tuesday night you've got it locked in 7 o'clock. And then Ed and Karen will be doing the morning show the next morning, following up on Wednesday, February 8th at 8 a.m., their regular slot from a diner out on Long Island. And we're talking to Real American Voices from 8 to 10 a.m. A diner. Yeah. A diner, getting getting to you, the real American voices out there, the audience. So they'll be at a diner uh, doing that. And then um, we got specials next week from Florida coming up. So, I mean, there's just so much good stuff coming up on RAV. Starting Thursday with Terrence's special, 4 to 5 in the afternoon. And then, of course, we get ready for the uh, State of the Union on next Tuesday, week from tonight on the 7th. So uh, lots of great stuff coming up. Make sure you've locked it in. Make sure you download the RAV app on your phone, on your tablet. On your TV, on your Fire Stick, Apple TV, Amazon Fire Stick, wherever you watch it on, Roku, of course. Uh, and just uh, be ready because we've got good stuff coming up. All right, let's do some sports here. Uh, Slick Rick, what's going on? I think Harry on the highway will be heating up the hash browns at that diner on Long Island. <laughs> 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 he very well, well might be. He sent me an invite. Out the, I got a meeting in the morning, but I'll try to get over there after. That sounds like good fun. <laughs> Nothing like a Long Island diner. That's history. Uh, anyway, here's a story. Some conflicting reports, but Hulk Hogan's rep reacts to Kurt Angle uh, claiming wrestler can't feel his lower body after back surgery. This is Rachel McGrady of E.T. Entertainment tonight. Hulk Hogan's rep is speaking out following fellow wrestler Kurt Angle's recent claims about Hogan's health. On a recent episode of the Kurt Angle Show podcast, Angle 54 talked about catching up with the 69-year-old Hogan at the 30th anniversary of WWE's Monday Night Raw. Hogan had uh, his back surgery again. He had the nerves cut from his lower body, Angle claimed on, his, on the podcast. He can't feel his lower body. He has to use his cane to walk around. I thought he was using his cane because he had pain in his back. He doesn't have any pain. He has nothing at all. He can't feel anything. He can't feel his legs. So he has to walk with a cane. So that's pretty serious. However, Rep for Hogan refutes some of the Angle's claims, saying that the longtime wrestler uh, and reality TV star is doing well and not paralyzed. Everything is okay with him. Hogan's Rep tells E.T. Hulk is someone with a lot of humor. The Rep adds that the father of two was able to walk without a cane. On Monday, Hogan posted a photo of himself on Twitter at a karaoke night at his, re- at a re- his restaurant, Hogan's Hangout, in Clearwater Beach, Florida. There was a funny tweet that he sent out, something about, I'm out of toilet paper, bro. So uh, it, was, it was some kind of joke or something. But anyway, uh, hopefully he's okay, Big D. I don't know. I know he's taking a lot of those big body oh, slams. He's taken a beating over the years. He's had back problems for as long as I can remember watching him post uh, his wrestling career. He's had back problems forever. So, yep. Um, 
But yeah, I would I would suspect these injuries get progressively worse as he's going to get older. So yeah, greatest wrestler ever, in my opinion. Um, and just one more story. I know you guys love the basketball, and here's a good one right up your alley uh, with the with the girls' basketball. Twenty two year old basketball coach fired for impersonating teen in a high school game. Warner thought Houston <laughs> a bright part. You only hear it here. I'll tell you that a twenty two year old junior varsity girls' basketball coach has been relieved of her duties for impersonating a teenage player when the player was not able to attend the game, according to reports. Coach. Uh, <laughs> Alicia Boykins of the Churchland High School uh, junior varsity team reportedly donned the team uniform and filled in for a 13-year-old player when the girl was unable to play on January 21st, WAVY-TV reported. She identified as 13. What's yeah, the problem? That, What's exactly. The problem? Officials from the Virginia School District said they were investigating the incident after the parents of the 13-year-old girl and the coach complained and demanded an apology. You know, those parents, they complain about everything at these games. Man, coaches yeah, always... Yeah, right. Coaches always preach to the kids about integrity and those types of things, so I was just shocked the father, who is not being named in the media, said last week. The school has noted that the coach is no longer an employee of the school system. The Hill added that the school has canceled the remaining games for the JV team. That's a shame. Um, after feedback from the players and their parents, Wavy posted a video uh, posted that allegedly shows the coach wearing a number one jersey playing with the team during the January. I mean, Let's stop it. Who's not going to realize that he got a 22-year-old playing basketball with 13-year-olds? Chances are she's played basketball, JV, probably high school, maybe even some college or through college. And you're not going to notice that she's uh, a little older than the other girls? I don't know, Big D. That's a good one, though, because I know you guys are bigger in the basketball. Oh. Your guys, uh, they play JV. It's so. the milk these days. It makes kids grow up. So Again, fast. maybe she just identified as 13. Yeah. Maybe next be. week she's going to identify as a... Uh, Skater. <laughs> I think she's identifying as an unemployed teacher. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Back to you. There you go. Uh, I got so many comments on your what even is that, by the way. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah excuse me. <clears throat> I'm dying over here. <clears throat> uh, and that skater thing was just hysterical. <laughs> uh, any other news, Paul Nolan, you want to go over before we wrap it up? I'll just bang out a quick one. I'll give you the headline here from uh, the Gateway Pundit. Zelensky sent out government decree to destroy all information on Hunter Biden's Metabiota company on the same day as the Russian invasion. Uh, then fire spotted outside the Intel headquarters. Ukrainian president um, ordered this um, on the day of the invasion. And uh, from D.C. Drano, remember when the Pentagon confirmed the U.S. partnered with 46 Ukrainian bioweapon labs in Europe? And remember, Hunter Biden secured millions for one of the labs, Metabiota. Well, now we have a 224-22 letter from Zelensky ordering the destruction of all government uh, files for Metabiota. I'm sure it's nothing, D.C. Drano went on to say. And, um, you know, so I'll put this on my my getter page, but this is interesting. And there was another story about uh, uh, creepy Hunter Biden um, demanding that a woman and people set up their iPhone so he could spy on them showering and he threatened to withhold cash um, if they didn't comply to his creepy, uh, you know, um, requests, I guess you could say, at the man. So that's it, man. Uh, Hunter Biden's gross. Just wanted to go. I'm yeah. not going to say that. Uh, one more clip. I want to get to cut nine, G. I thought this was this could have been the WTF of the day. Roll that. 24 states have banned abortion or are likely to do so. Without Roe, Americans are now facing a confusing patchwork of state laws, dictating who can make decisions about their health care and when. Without Roe, state governments are forcing pregnancy on people. Maternal and infant health care outcomes are worsening, and it's mm. harder for people to access medications to treat arthritis, cancer, lupus, Gee. and more. All because... Governments are forcing <laughs> pregnancies on people. Did wow. you know? 
I didn't know that. Her uh, her private life probably needs a little bit of help. Someone might want to tell her how it works because <laughs> it ain't government. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the Live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, Wednesday, 8 p.m., Real America's Voice right here live from Studio 6B. We'll see you then.